Welcome to church. I am Justin Lee Peterson. You can get involved by going to our chat line. Eventually, we're going to be able to take calls again. We're working it out now. Uh, so let, let us know what you want to talk about. We're ready. Good morning again, everybody. Morning. How y'all? Amazing. It's amazing what's happening in the world, huh? It's like all of a sudden everything changed. Just like that. Anybody here for the first time? Oh, good. So before I get rolling, I want to hear from the first. What's your name? Brandon. Brandon. Uh, any questions or comments? No, I'm just glad to be here. How just, did you find out about us? Oh, been watching on YouTube for a while. Yeah. And have your life improved in any way? Dramatically. From what to what? Um, just, you know, uh, playing that, you know, thought I had uh, being depressed and anxious and all that. So-called, like you said, it, it's all nonsense anyways. Yeah. But, uh, you know, forgave my mom, returned to my father, and uh, it's been like a rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> you went to your mother? She's dead, so. She did. She did. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I went there, and, uh, you know, first I, I didn't see it, but, you know, keeps more and more keeps getting revealed. And yeah. uh, then I went to my dad, and we had a long uh, conversation and stuff, and it was amazing. It really was. Yeah, man. Where and are you from? I originally, I'm from Kentucky. But you live here now? I'm in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, you, live, uh, you, you live in Phoenix? In Phoenix. Oh. I drove up uh, oh. yesterday, yeah. Really? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, so your life is... Is, uh, improved, has oh, it's improved. it's it's amazing. I yeah. mean, it's and uh, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I get in arguments with people all the time, but uh, you know, before I was like a people pleaser, but now I just tell people straight up. Yeah, you know, it's like it, it's right and wrong, good and evil. Period. That's right. You know, so uh, what do you think about this whole Black Lives Matter thing? I think it's nonsense. Yeah, I, I think I think the devil's you know doing his thing, and uh, we're allowing oh, yeah. it to happen. So that's yeah. right, man. Yeah. Did uh, did the, have you bowed down to the black? No. No, Get sir. Get on your knees, boy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I see him. It's pathetic, man. I know. It's, it's demonic, you know. I saw the uh, National Guard. Yeah. Dancing. I'm in the Army Reserve, so. They were dancing with the folks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the? Yeah. Amazing. It's well, fake. Any questions or anything? No, I'm just happy to be here. Okay. Good. This your first time? Well, I came to the men's forum a couple months ago. Oh, okay. First time in church, though. Well, welcome to church. Thank you. How, how's your life going? It's going pretty well. Any questions about anything? No. No? No, no oh, questions. Okay. And what do you think about the Black Lives Matter, all this stuff that's happening right now? I'm with my man over here. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's propaganda. It's about sure control. Is. It's about yeah. money and power, you know. Amazing. And it's based on lies, so. Yeah. You know. Have you said that to one of them yet? Said what? That is propaganda. It's not real. To one of them who? Those Black Lives Matter people. Yeah. And what they say? Well, the only Black Lives Matter people that I know are actually white. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny seeing white people saying Black Lives Matter. Yeah. It's a mess. Mexicans, too. They say it, too? Yeah, one of my friends. The Mexicans are saying it? Yeah. Wow. Well, he's more white than he is Mexican, but Oh. Yeah. oh okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, buddy. Anybody else first time? Oh, good. This your first time? Yes, sir. Oh, what's your name? Alex. Alex. Mm -hmm. Welcome, man. Any questions? Thank you. Yeah, I had one question. Okay. Uh, if someone keeps bringing up topics that you disagree with and you try to inform them and every time you just disagree and you don't want to talk about it anymore, what do you do in that case? You give them the finger and don't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just say, hey, I don't want to talk about it. Because it is a waste of time. Yeah. It really is. So just, you don't have to talk about it. Okay. I How old are you? 
Me? How old am I? Yeah. Uh, 23. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, you don't have to talk about it. Cool. How's life? It's a blessing. Oh, good. Yeah. You dealt with your mother? Yes. How was that? Uh, I just went and forgave her, and uh, she just really got emotional, and I said, it's okay. You didn't mean it. And ever since then, uh, I've just been doing stuff on my own and not really thinking about what my parents or usually I think about what the closest people think about me, but yeah. I just gave that away and just gave it up to God and let, let God deal with all that stuff. Good, man. That is major. Uh, it's amazing how easy it is to change, huh? Yeah. And no one else know about it for some reason. They don't talk about yeah, how easy like it is to change. In the blink of an eye, if you yeah. just remember God, it's just nothing can bother you. Did you believe in God before you changed? I believe, Were you a Christian? I, I, oh, yeah. I oh, okay. was born, baptized, I grew up in a very Christian community, but the people Speaking around me, the, the people around me, they, they didn't really follow in the word of God. They just maybe talked about it or yeah. they would read the Bible, but in their actions, they wouldn't act in, in, the, in the image of God or what, what Jesus would do in that moment. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I'm glad that Thank you. things are changing. It's Thank amazing. Uh, first time? Oh, what's your name? I'm a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Delaney, and I'm happy to be here. Good, First Delaney. time, but I've been in the neighborhood a long time. You've been in this neighborhood? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I've been in the neighborhood a long time, seen you, seen you around, and uh, my church, and most churches, as you probably know, not open, so I, I thought about coming here and want to see if you guys have reopened, and you right have, on. so that's kind of what brought me in today. Why, why your church is not open? Um... You know, most churches are not saying why they're not open. You know, they're just kind of, my, my opinion, most churches right now are doing what they do even during normal times, which yeah. is they're like this. Amazing. That's my impression of most pastors in Los Angeles, with all due respect. They bring the word, for sure. There's a lot of God's work being done in most churches. But when times get tough like this, you see, to some extent, what people are really made of. And it's been kind of disappointing to me to see... Yeah. You know, a lot of the churches that have not, uh, not only not reopened, but not even talking about it. I just don't, it seemed like there are a lot of questions that should have been asked over the last few months about yeah. the fact that we can't worship uh, in person. And so uh, I'm happy to see you guys are here today. Right on. Any questions for me? No. Oh, okay. Not yet. Well, welcome, man. All right. Okay. Happy to be here. Uh, this your first time? No. Young man, way in the back. How you doing, sir? First of all, thank you for calling me young. Uh, <laughs> is this working? Uh, yeah. Anyway, working. I was invited here by the by Costas and his lovely wife Victoria. By who? Costas, my friend Costas over here, and uh, oh, Victoria. Oh, right on. Raise your hand, Victoria. Right on. And well, uh, I'm glad you're here. Any question? Well, they told me there was a man who's preaching the truth, and who hits the point like very few others they've ever dealt with. So already I can see that that's true. One suggestion I have, and I'll pass the mic on, is if anybody asks you to take a knee for BLM, then say, I knee down to one uh, individual, one God. Yeah. And I will gladly kneel with you and pray with you, but I will not kneel to you. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing to me that... um to see people following these people called Black Lives Matter. That organization was founded by a bunch of black radical lesbians. Did you know that? Most people don't know that. They don't know it's a bunch of black lesbians. And I never thought I'd see a day when people would follow lesbians. 
It's mind-blowing. I have a cousin, and they're like, oh, Black Lives Matter is right. It's amazing. I'm like, yeah? Oh, yeah, Black Lives Matter. I said, do you listen to them? You follow? Oh, yeah. And I asked, how were, do you know how, who founded that organization? They didn't know. I said, a bunch of black radical lesbians. They're like, really? And so they stopped following them. They, <laughs> they didn't know what was going on. Amazing. Any questions or comments from anybody before I get rolling? No? Uh, I actually have a question. Right here. I was Hold on for the mic. One minute. Uh, so this is also my first time. Oh, it is? Yeah. What's your name? Conley. Welcome, man. Thanks. Um, I was wondering, like, how this got started. How Bonnie got started? Right, like, because, uh, not to be offensive, but most people that I know who claim to be Christian wouldn't approve of you. They would not approve of me? Would not approve of you. Isn't that nice? <laughs> right, but I, 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 so I, I grew up in the church. I walked away. I said, you know, this is all fake. And I just kind of did my own thing for a long time. Yeah. And I always considered myself Christian, even while I was doing my own thing. But I wasn't, I wasn't really, you know? Right. And then I came back. Uh, and I realized, okay, I got to actually listen to someone who's speaking the truth. And I did a long search. I found your YouTube. And I'm like, oh, okay, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. He's speaking truth. I can hear, you know, the word of the Lord coming out of him. And it's different from a lot of people who try to cut corners. or A lot of pastors seem afraid to me. Yeah, they're cowards. Yeah. They haven't overcome their mothers yet. Isn't so I'm wondering, like, how did this come about? Like, because most... Most people that I know of uh, who do speak the truth, they're not in a public, they're not like publicly saying it. It's right. like private. I, uh, long story short, I, I used to be a Christian, a fake one. I'm a mm -hmm. real one now. And uh, uh, I used to be like you. I would go to church, praise the Lord. Did you see that funeral the other day, how they were shouting? Oh. I ain't never seen no funeral <laughs> like that. That's too much yeah. shouting. I saw that this morning on a hate report. Do you supposed to shout like that at a funeral? <laughs> they, they knew they were on TV. But uh, <clears throat> so I was going to church, but I wasn't getting any better. I still had fear and doubt. I couldn't stand up to the ladies that I was dating. Uh, I was giving to sex and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> um, so one day I asked God to let me see myself because I realized I didn't really know myself. And he allowed me to see that I resented my mother. Mm. And that uh, that void I had was a yearning for my father. I already knew that growing up. And because I thought that I had love for my mother, I felt that emotion, so I thought that was love. But that's come from hate. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I went and forgave her. I was 38 at the time. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do in life. It was like going to face Hitler. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and so I finally got there, and I went up to her, and I said, hey, long story short, I resent you because you tried to turn me away from my father. You, you seem mean, even though, I don't know, but she seemed mean. Yeah. Um, and I said, I'm sorry for resenting you. My life changed just like that. Everything just changed. I no longer had the fear or the doubt or the worry or anything. And I'm like, wow, I can see now because I didn't know I could not see. And so with that, I, uh, I started Bond, 
Yeah. Uh, and at first, originally, it was just for black people because I knew black people had been lied to. And I wanted to meet with them to tell them that they need to be born again of God. It has nothing to do with all this other stuff they've been told. And so one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. And here we are today, 30 years later. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I had no idea that it would grow in the way that it, has, it did. And I never had a plan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what to plan for for tomorrow because no one knows. But he will guide you. Yeah. And once you wake up, you can give up all your ideas and just take one step at a time. And it's just been that way. Yeah. And I've been through a lot of amazing stuff. Uh, but it's just fun. It's so amazing. But that's how we got started. All right. Thank you. All right. How's, how's your life now? Uh, my life's great. Yeah. 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 Any, any, question, any other questions? No. Okay. Not really. Uh, anybody else? Yes, Raymond. I uh, went and worked out the other day at a gym. It was a private gym. Uh, and it was my, uh, it was Irma's son. He has a gym, and he's a football player. And he, that boy worked me out so bad, I had to, I fell out. Uh, what I was doing, I just laid out on the floor. And I haven't got my voice back yet. Because he worked my whole body, I could barely walk. And, but it felt so good. That kind of pain feel good, that workout pain. So if, I, if my voice sounds a little weak, that's what it is. I'm still healing. Everything was sore. Yes, Raymond. Okay. In your personal thing, opinion, do you think somebody like George Floyd should be le- uh, raised to the level of a, mar- a martyr? I certainly don't think so. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. But that's what they do when they want to gain more money and power. They pretend, yeah. They so they use like, his death as a sacrificial right. Absolutely. Just to get money. They don't care about him at all. They, during this riot, they killed a cop, a retired cop, a black cop. Two. Two. Nothing, two of them, two of them. There's another black cop that got killed. Yeah. And, a white cop. and I thought black lives matter. But nothing said about this guy, no nothing. It's all a lie. It really is. It's a lie. Um... And I was thinking about these folks and how they're carrying on right now over this lie. And I'm thinking that if all white people left America, let's say that white people decide to move down to Alabama and let them have New York and California, Oregon, all the liberal states or whatever they want to call them. They say, okay, y'all can have it. We start, we start Black Lives Matter. So we're going to pack up just what we have in the house. You can have the house. You can have the banks, all the money that's in the banks. You can have it all. <laughs> and we're all going to move down somewhere else and let y'all have it. In one year, it'll be destroyed. It'll be destroyed. It'll be gone. Because it's not about that. It's about character. And all these lies about is racism, is uh, white supremacism, uh, is uh, what do you call that? We it's um, it's in the systematic racism or something. What does that mean? I don't even know. Sure, what does that mean? Systematic racism. I, I 
Anybody? Know? I have no idea. You don't know? And, no, and they won't explain it to you because if they did, you'd probably be like, that is so stupid. So they just keep it to themselves. It has no meaning. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And if it's systematic, it's all like something you can't see. How do you know it's systematic? I don't know. You don't know? What, the, what is the big turn? <laughs> so, oh, you guys know? Okay, hold. Did you have your hand? Oh, hold on one minute. Yes. Somebody talking? Oh, what is it? All right, racism doesn't exist, but if there is systematic racism, it's affirmative action because it puts blacks and like women of color, things like that, over white people. But what do they mean when they say systematic racism? It's like saying black and brown. Black and brown. They say black and brown. All It just rolls off the tongue. And black folks don't even like the Mexicans. Right. Like we, they we, don't even like one another. And they try to pull them in with their mess. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. They don't. I'm not going to say all of them. But on the whole, they don't like black people. Like, nobody likes black people. And I don't Black blame. people don't like black people. <laughs> exactly. So That's why when they get money, they move out of the hood. Into the white community. Okay, but when they say systematic racism, from the ones that I've talked to, what it really is is they're just saying that they're being held down or not given certain opportunities because of their race, when it's not that. It's just they don't have the skills. But where is systematic racism? Where where is it? Well, that's what they're saying. They're saying the entire system, the whatever whole, system the whole it is, country? the economic system, the employment system, the school system, they're saying it's all built to suppress them. But that's not true. It's built to actually lift them up without merit. And they're not seeing that part. They're not seeing that because the whole world is coddling them right now, that's systematic racism. The whole world is now creating a system to lift these people up that don't deserve it. Because they, they don't work. A lot of them don't work. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like they do because I've known a lot that haven't. And I've been guilty of that myself. Like I was telling a couple of the guys in here um, the other night, the last job I had, I got it because I'm a black female. My boss was very open about that. But she was a black female too, you know. Oh. And you guys are actually the same age. So she like, don't tell anyone, sister. <laughs> Basically, and that that's that's pretty we much what stick she together. Yeah, no, it was it was like that. It was one of those it was the a Mexicans closed door do that conversation. Too. Did you know that? Yeah. It if, happens. If a Mexican is in charge of her and a black person went or a white person went and a Mexican went, they're hired a Mexican. I have Mexican friends who are doing that. I'm like, what the but. Yeah, and just one last thing. I was explaining to one of my siblings the other day that I don't. I think sometimes when they look at it as a racial thing, I don't see it that way. I see it as I know ultimately it is good and evil, but the truth is um, it's economic. And I was talking to somebody yesterday. What does I, that mean? It's economic. Well, just a really simple example that I gave somebody yesterday was. You're saying that there's a system built to keep black people down specifically because he wanted to use the George Floyd thing as an example. And I said, well, no, that's not true because how much violent crime do you hear about in Baldwin Hills, which is a black community? And it just happens to be a lot of black people that are considered rich. It doesn't happen there. So I told him, I think more or less, it's more of an economic thing. Because if it were just black, you would hear about people in Baldwin Hills getting beat. 
but you don't hear about that because people of a certain economic class sometimes, I'm not going to say all of them, but they don't concern themselves with these kinds of issues because it's inconsequential to the success of their future. You know, like they don't worry about systematic racism because it doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying? So um, anyway, the other, that was really the point that I was trying to make. There is no systematic racism and you can point out something that simple to combat what a person says to you, black or white. You know, I've been, I've been in Baldwin Hills. There's no violence and crime up there. It's more likely to happen down in Inglewood or South Central, which doesn't really exist, but that's another conversation. Do y'all in a white shirt right here? No, boo. (laughs) Hey, boo. Everybody know boo? Oh, my God. She made Joel jump out of an airplane. <laughs> when a man loves a woman. <laughs> Is it economic or, or something else? I don't, I don't think it's economic. I think it's just, um, I mean, I've heard the whole systematic racism thing, how the system is meant to go against the black person and um, how they have more barriers to entry, like they need to work harder to, you know, get into these schools to, you know, have the opportunities that white people have. Um, Do you believe any of that? I, in the sense, when it was described to me, it was more like, okay, you know, poverty, some of the, a lot of them come from poverty, um, and they have, they come from single parent households. Um, they, you know, so they have to, in like the schools that they study in are not very good. Like, you know, when they're growing you believe up, that? um, I, I believe that yes, but then it's not the fault of the government I, or maybe it is, but it's, it's, it starts in the home. Like the, it's like a lot of, a lot of these women are having children out of wedlock and yeah. not having the fathers in the home. And so therefore that transforms into, you know, they're, they're living in poverty. The mom, the parents can't really guide the, the kids at home because they're out working, you know? So it's like, it's, it starts in the home, just like you say. And so yeah. it's not most, it's, it's a moral issue more than anything. And so do you tell them that when you get in conversations that that's not true? It's about the family? So I've tried, yes, um, but it just seems like they have their mind made up, and yeah. so sometimes it just seems the like brainwashing is rough. Yeah, it's like ingrained. It's hardcore, and so the is it's there. You can't even convince them that they're wrong. You can't say no, and if you notice, they're not dealing with the family issue at all. All they're trying to do is take from the white man. Yeah, but not the. They're not talking about the family at all. But then now, like the white man is catering to them. Like it seems like every all all of these companies are just like all these commercials. They they just want to make it seem like they're for them. Yeah. And I mean, essentially, yeah. they're just being weak, empathetic. I know it's awful. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. Uh, did you have a question with the hat on? Did I see your hand? So, 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 I, earlier, when you said, mentioned the systematic racism thing, it made me think of this this one time. It's like, I'm in the music game. when men wear hats and buildings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the women that wear hats to church. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying what it reminded me of. <laughs> you remind me of a girl. <laughs> No, uh, no. Normally, men would take their hats off. 
No, but uh, especially if they observate. It, it, like I, I work in the music business for a long time, and and so there, it's like it's been monopolized by black people. There's a lot of black blacks in you know great music music, musicians and yeah. stuff. And there was a time a long time ago I used to play keys for this big artist, and and I went on like tours and stuff. And eventually I got a call from the musical director, and he's like, "Man, you know you've been great, everything's great, but you know we want to go with a black musician because it'll look cooler." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, like." And at the time, because I was asleep, I didn't think of anything about it. But yeah. if, if it was like a white person that did that to a black person, it would be crazy. But uh, the systematic racism, yeah, Black Victoria summed it up pretty well. That it's uh, it's the and, and you, it's the family issues for sure, it is. character. Yeah, it's about the family. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Uh, let me take here, 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 and there, and then over there, and then everywhere. If you have real questions, I'm open for that too, right? Um, yes, sir. Um, I don't think there is systematic racism. I don't think there is racism. I think it's all just ultimately bigotry. It's not racism. It's just treating people differently than you wish to be treated. That's all and, it is, ultimately. Yeah. And it's selfish. It's just... They're being selfish. When you, when you talk about a neighborhood of uh, more wealthy black people who they don't have any crime, that's what everyone should expect. Everyone should expect not to have crime. Right. No one should expect that when they get pulled over by a policeman that they're going to be pulled out of their car and beaten. That's ridiculous to expect You told Hoppo to beat me. I mean, I've, I've actually had that happen to me. You've been beat by a cop? Yes. Oh, nice. Um, I got pulled. So I got... I, <laughs> I, I got pulled over. I got pulled over by a Mexican cop. Are you Mexican? No. What are you? I'm half black, half white, half everything, pretty wow, much. A little bit of native, a little bit of... No uh, wonder you need Jesus. All that stuff. So it's mixed up. Um, and I have to tell you, the most racism I've experienced is black people telling me I'm white. And I'm like, I wasn't raised by a white person. I was raised by people who were black and white. Uh-huh. It wasn't like, you know, it's like... So why did the cop beat you? So he, so I'm uh, also diabetic, and I was having a low blood sugar. And so when he pulled me over, I started freaking out. And then uh, they started laughing at me because I was freaking out. And so I got really upset, and I kicked the door open, and I came out there and tried to <laughs> get them to stop laughing at me, and then they, they beat me down, so... They should have beat you. I did not get a ticket... I did not get a ticket. They you gave me a candy bar and sent me on my way. I got nothing. I, got, I didn't get in trouble. That's amazing. Good, man. But I'm telling you that Did you this tell whole, them you were white? They, I don't know what they thought I was. Uh, you should have said, I'm white. <laughs> yeah, but then, but, then you get, but then you get in trouble because you're white. They expect you to pay money oh, for yeah. it. You know, every, every race I walk up to tries to peg me as something, and they all wrong. So. so do you date black girls or white girls? That's my wife. That's your wife? Yeah. Is she black or white? <laughs> She's as white as it gets. Uh, <laughs> are you, this is your first time here? Yeah. Are you afraid of the blacks? Oh, no, I can't, can't say I am. I married a black family. You know. Well, he's white. <laughs> he's like Obama. <laughs> you know you got a white man. <laughs> And so if they try to make you kneel down and say all that crap, would you do it? You know, it's kind of funny. When people see me with my in-laws, you know what I mean? I kind of, like, get a pass. You know, I can't be racist. Right. 
Uh, maybe so have you, do you have a Black Lives Matter sign? No. No? All right, good. Any questions for me? Oh, not really, but um, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Conley's been a fan for a long time. You right know. on. Yeah. Have you overcome your anger? I'm working on it. I did forgive my parents. Like the day after our wedding, you know, he was kind of on my case. Like, really have to do this. You really have to do this. And so finally, day after my wedding, when my parents were in town, you know, I sort of pulled each of them aside individually and forgave them. And it was it was really, really freeing. But I feel like I still have a lot of bitterness and I'm trying to overcome it. It's hard. And <laughs> What are you bitter about? I still, you know, I've been working on a lot of my issues, you know, like I was kind of neglected. So I sort of have a lot of issues relating to people, you know, I get frustrated and, you know, try to blame my parents, you know, because they didn't take care of me. I can't relate to people properly, you know, like, right. so I, I feel like I've been trying to kind of let that go and just kind of take responsibility for it, you know, but now and then I fall into these bad habits. I feel like just because I was so resentful for such a long time, you know, just kind of like getting over that, you know, knee jerk reaction of just being angry. And now I realize, you know, I've been doing the silent prayer. Like, a lot of these, like, negative impulses, you know, I can't ignore them if I choose to. I don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But I'm just sort of retraining myself. Um, here's what I recommend. When you're talking with people or dealing with people, doubt every thought that come while you're dealing with the people, and then you wouldn't feel that way. What it is, you're believing the lies in your head. And you think it, you feel it, and you act it out. But if you could just learn to doubt those thoughts, everything would change. Because that's all it is now. You've been so uh, uh, in your head for so long. You're so uh, familiar with those thoughts. They are not you. They are not from God. So just kind of watch them. And let's say you're talking to someone and you're, you're getting frustrated. Just let yourself feel it. But still say what you have to say. They don't know you're tripping. It, it only, it'll be between God and good and evil, and God will work it out for you. But you've got to allow yourself to go through it. Don't run from it. Don't go get high. You still smoke pot? No. <laughs> you stopped? I never really started. <laughs> <laughs> no, mess with you. But allow yourself to go through it. Start doubting every thought. And then the, uh, the quiet voice will guide you. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Because it's not real. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. You just have to doubt it. And then you have faith in God. But every thought is a lie. Had you realized yet that every thought is a lie? You heard me say that? Yeah, I'm getting to that point. You know, I used to think, yeah, now when I'm, I've been doing the silent prayer, I feel like, you know, as I'm doing it, I'm, I'm like, I'll try to think, like, I'll try to think, like, where is this coming from? Like, oh, this is totally unproductive. You know, this isn't from me. This isn't helpful. You know, it's been easier to kind of ignore those thoughts now that I can kind of recognize them for what they are. Yeah. I'm getting to that point. Well, don't, just have, don't have a conversation with them either. Just notice this is you. And these are the thoughts coming and going about all stupid kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're not from God. They're not from you. It's the voice of Satan. It's not your voice. You sound like you, but it's not. And just watch him. And, and if you freak out, just, oh, that's stupid. I shouldn't have freaked. <laughs> but it's all lies. And your life will just change, believe me. All right? Yeah. So don't, 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 uh, don't fight it. Just observe it. Right. Thanks. Because it's spiritual. And it'll, it'll get better and better and better. All right? That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. Every thought is a lie. Yes, sir. Uh, hi. I hi. want to comment on the systemic racism thing. Right. What, what is it? I think at heart these people are just angry at God. It's a spiritual issue. Yeah. 
because everyone forgets it now because it's about systemic racism. But, you know, five years ago, it's systemic sexism, you know, because women weren't making it into the army. Yeah. And I'm watching this and it's like, well, you know, you can't do as many push-ups. You can't run as far. Of course, you're not getting in the army. <laughs> And systemic racism. It's, it's, it's like when anyone says systemic anything, it's like they're just saying life is unfair. How come I'm not as strong as him? How come right. I'm not as rich as him? Yeah. How come I'm not as you know, tall as that guy? And you know, so I don't think it's economic you know, in all the cases. And it's so hard to convince them because they've already decided in their hearts that they want to rebel against God or they don't think he's real. Absolutely, man. If it is economics, what are we supposed to do about that? Give everybody money? What are you supposed to do about that? Yeah, because, you know, people have tried just giving money, you know, to people who are angry about it. And, you know, it's like you said, the cities would turn to wastelands in the yeah. year if you just gave them the cities. But, uh, you know, if uh, people, you know, convert to God, then I think... He can turn every, you know, he can turn everyone's lives around. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Did you have your hand? Oh, yeah. oh okay. Oh, right here, right. Yeah. And then in the back. Yeah, just on the systematic racism, they they just come up with random words yes. to make it sound like they know something. But then you ask them, please give me an example, and they don't know what to say. They don't have a concrete, logical argument. They just repeat whatever they hear without actually thinking wow maybe everyone is different and everyone has a different life that they come up in and maybe it's not fair maybe i'm supposed to be here to work and improve myself and actually enjoy something that i make rather than just get something if you just give people stuff they don't value anything that's right and people don't even value their own lives or their own work or and it's just it's, like i said you try to talk to people and explain it to them, and some they just don't want to listen at all. Yeah. I noticed that once you were born again of God, you overcome words. You're not, words have no meaning. You, and you can see that these people have all these words, and when you ask them, what does that mean? Uh, 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 or then they try to change the conversation. I'm like, no, what does that mean? And they realized they didn't know. It was just made up words. All these words they make up. It's the craziest thing i ever seen. Like I told my family, I'm like, I understand you guys love each other and we could say I love you and all this good stuff. But like me, I'm very young. And for my age, I, I work a lot. Like yesterday, I just decided I'm not going to work at night. I'm going to get a good rest so I can come here. But for the whole week, from the morning to the night, I was working. And I don't, you know, that's what happens when you own a business. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I get that strength from God. If I could do it. That's right. You know, I, you I, have I, your own business? Yeah. What do you do? Uh, I sell clothes online. You do what? I sell clothing online. Right on, man. Yeah. I like that. Nothing like a man with a business. <laughs> Thank you. And he doesn't wear a hat inside the building. <laughs> Good, man. Uh, I mean, sometimes I wear it because I get, you know, my hair is crazy, but I try not to wear it inside. Yeah. Right on. Good, man. Um, yes, sir. Way back there. But you're right. Yes. So I, I grew up in the Jim Crow South in Alabama. You did? So the systemic racism. You're from Alabama? Yes, sir. What part? Troy. Troy. That's, I know where Troy. Went to Troy State. And so did they have Jim Crow when you were Yeah, in 65 it ended. So when they're talking about systemic racism, they're talking about <clears throat> when, you know, there was colored only here. 
colored restaurants, colored drinking fountains, white only. They used the word colored back right. in that day. So the Jim Crow laws were systematic. But the problem I'm seeing, I saw. Were I've, you affected by that? Well, I was, a little, I was a little boy, and I remember going to a drinking fountain, and it, was, it said colored on it. And my mother, who's from Ohio, my father's from the South, she said, T, they call me T for Terry. Don't, don't, you can't drink out of that. I said, but you, well, why you, not? You look white. Yeah, I, was, I am, but I went over to the, to the colored rest, because I'm a five-year-old kid. I don't know. I don't, so I you drink out of the black people so water she said, I tried to. <laughs> I tried to to see if it tastes better. A white boy drinking out of the black water but my, my mom, My mom said, you can't do that because that's for colors. I go, well, who's colored around here? I didn't know what that meant. Right. But that's what they're, so I've seen true racism. I don't see it in this day and age. But and they don't really either. Statistically, things are getting better. Things are getting better in the police departments. There's less brutality, but those statistics don't follow their agenda. So what they do is they go back and they say systemic. But no, that that's 65 and on. It, it hasn't been systemic. It, right. If anything, it's just, just like the young lady said. It's toward the other side. In other words, giving folks advantage, you know, more advantage to go to school and everything else. So did the black water taste good to you? It tastes better. It tastes better. <laughs> but but uh, my I point is this. I grew up in Alabama as well. Okay, which part? I, I grew up under the Jim Crow laws. Yes. But You've I, seen real racism. But and I didn't see it, though. It wasn't you the you still didn't? Racism. Okay. And uh, I remember blacks and only water fountain and all that. But it, it wasn't like a big deal. It was just water. And so my parents and grandparents and my friends, no one really made a big deal out of it. And we knew that there were decent white people, decent black people, and bad black people, bad whites. And that's how we dealt with it. It wasn't, we didn't, we didn't even call it racism. It wasn't called anything. It was just black and white things. But, and we knew that the Democratic Party was doing it because they, they were the one that established the Jim Crow law thing. And uh, but it wasn't it wasn't systematic racism because my folks were still buying land. They were working. We went to school. We had fun. We went to town when we wanted to. And it wasn't any of what the blacks have been told and the whites have been told. It was nothing like that at all. It wasn't even thought of as racism. That only happened once the civil rights movement started and they started naming things. But if they had left us alone and just made sure the law that governed whites, governed blacks, we wouldn't be having this issue today. I just, it's call, I call it fake outrage. Yeah, it's a it perfect it, it's because these real. people they don't even know what they're protesting and about. And they always talk about slavery and Jim Crow. This is what I want to bring and up too. They don't too. know anything about this it. This is what I want to bring up too because so imagine, if it's slavery, why didn't it miss us? Because we came about after slavery, right? And uh, Mark sent me a video that uh, show blacks doing very well. They own oil wells and they had nice community, they were family. It wasn't what the, what the blacks and whites have been told. It's not true. It's just simply not true. And it's amazing when you believe a lie. It's hard to overcome the lie. But they believed into something that never existed. It just never happened. And it just all made up. There was a Jim Crow, but he was Democrat. And that didn't affect our lives at all. And so it's just all made up. That's what I'm thinking. These people say these things that are not true, and they're fighting over things that are not true. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're walking down the road, 
and Satan tells you something in your head. You have to cross across the road, and the cars stop and they let you by, and 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 you look up and Satan say, "Oh, they're looking at you," and you can hardly make it across the road because you believe a lie. Now you have fear, you doubt yourself, you. It's like believing a lie like that, and once you believe it, hard not to believe it. And that's what's happening now. It's just not true. And since they don't have the truth and the statistics to back it up, they use white guilt and they throw slavery out there. I think they, white people go on the young guilt. They, I'm they telling you, they, insane. Look, they, 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 so it has to be <laughs> systematic crazy. or they throw the slavery part and come on, let's move on, man. Let's move on. But it's not going to change until the men start speaking up in the, all communities. Mm-hmm. Let me take the young lady there, and then I'll move a little faster. But it's just, it's not true, folks, what they're saying. It's just not true. It's like being a man and Satan telling you that you're really a woman. So you need to go to the doctor and cut it off and put on a dress. Be, because the moment you believe that, now you feel like a woman. It's just a lie. It's just not true. It's so amazing. No one's saying that. It's saying that it's not true. Everybody's saying the same thing almost. Yes. Who? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, well, for me, when while seeing this on just understanding this black history and everything that because they are say they're tidying it up with the black history, right? With what happened before, right? right? And they're trying to make justice because of what happened before, even though. It, let's say that it was racism. Let's say that, that it was really racism. Nowadays, you can see that it's all about emotions now. It's not even about reality. Right. It's about they, they've been the fallen state. They're emotional people. And Democrats are using their emotions and weaponizing words and, and just taking the truth way out of context and just making it way bigger. And so people, so they call attention and they try to make it a political thing too i've seen it like joe biden was saying something about if black peoples are conservatives um kind of like shame it's not exactly what he said like kind of like shame of them because they're like hurting the black society and i'm like like if they don't see this like if they don't see if they don't see that this is making this is all because of a political agenda too like they're just gonna they're they're going to be the one they're using them they're using the black color that's why we got to wake people up because yeah. it's in, in all in reality it's a spiritual battle yeah it's a warfare between good and evil and as I've said the world is of the Old Testament everything that if you read the Old Testament everything that happened in the Old Testament is happening now but I think they taking it a little further than what the Old Testament yeah. has because I don't think men were wearing dresses back then <laughs> And women were wearing pantsuits, and the role—I don't maybe it was—they didn't write about it. Yeah. But they're taking this evil. That's what evil does. If you don't get rid of it in your own personal life, it will destroy you. And the worst thing is that you see people from my country or people in Madrid fighting this battle of racism yeah. there, saying Black Lives Matter, and making America look so weak. America is look is being looked so weak right now, you have no idea. Amazing. Everybody is talking about it. Everybody's hating. It's like, oh, Americans are this and that. And I'm like, well, look at who is racist now, if that's what you think a racist is. Yeah. Like, you're talking about Americans and white Americans. Like, they are this or that and insulting them when you don't even know like you just know what the textbook says you didn't you didn't even leave it you know so it's just emotions it's just so amazing right here with the black shirt 
It's so amazing to see. Okay, let me get you here first. It's so amazing to see this and knowing that it's all lies. People burning and stealing and killing and robbing and hating one another over lies. And even if it was true, let's say it was true, it's still no reason to be hating and, and blaming other people who had nothing to do with it. And to hate like this is, it's, it's, it's just evil, really. It's really just a warfare between good and evil. That's why we have to overcome it. Because the only way you're going to get people to see the real truth, they must be born again. Otherwise, they can't see it. They literally cannot see it. They got to be born again. That's how you change the hearts is when you're born again of God. That's the only thing that's going to change it. And the Bible said a lot of people are going to go by the wayside. Only a few will find that straight and narrow path. That's why I say suffer and die. If you don't want to overcome, it's up to you. God made the way. He sent his son. The way has been made already. All you have to do is look at yourself and overcome it. Admit you're wrong for hating. Stop playing God, and your life will change just like that. It really will. And that's all it's about. It's not about anything else with that. It's a spiritual battle. Even though it's working through the physical body, it looks like it's the person, but it's not the person. It's that thing that made a home in them. I was, uh, go ahead, sir. Uh, Let me just say this. I got a call from a guy out of New York on the radio, a young guy, and he wanted to move from his mother's house, and she doesn't want him to move. And he was like, Jesse, Jesse, she she don't want me to go. (laughs) She's like, no, don't go. I'm like, does she have a man at home? Yes, she has a man, but she want me. And I'm like, no, you got to get away from mama. Because mama is operating from the wrong spirit. It doesn't make sense, logical sense, that a mother would keep her grown son or daughter at home. And especially her son. For what? I'm like, is she horny for you or something? Why is she holding on to When I was growing up, my parents said, 18 years old, you're out of here. And, and so they prepared me for that. And when I turned 18, I was gone. I'm like, where am I going? I don't know. I don't care. But you leave it here. And that's the way to raise children. You're not supposed to raise kids to depend on you. Why do mothers want them at home with them? What, what do they want? Anybody live with their mama? Oh, I can't wait. The man with the business. <laughs> what do your mama want? What does she want? Yeah. I don't know. But why would you move? Uh, I'm working on it. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm working Does on it. Does she know about it? Yeah, she knows about it. I told her. We don't let her stop you. Yeah, I'm not going to let her stop me. Yeah. Is it hard to move from her? No, it's not hard. It's just I'm, I'm working on it, like, financially. I have to get another job. Right. So I could prove that to the, the person that I'm going to be renting from that I can actually pay. Yeah. But How old are you now? I'm 28. 28? I know. <laughs> so what is it like to come home every night and that mama? Um, I also live with my my sister lives there too. Oh my god! And uh, that's even worse. And she's she's lesbian, so. Oh wow! So she was living there what with. A mess. She was living there with her wife. <laughs> and uh, just this past Thursday, she kind of attacked me because I've been speaking truth. And they 
all of my I have three sisters. Well, two of them are the ones I'm speaking about right now is that they've been talking in their little group chat with all their friends calling me a racist for the things that I Your speak. sister call you that? Yeah, she called me a racist. It's cuz she's No, 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 in person. This oh. is the, this is a lesbian the sister. Lesbian? She she's married to a black uh, lesbian, so Oh, so my, like what a mess. Yeah, they're taking it that I'm racist and all this and that and uh it's just it's wild but you're having fun though right yeah it's fun yeah. but uh when she attacked me on thursday i let my anger get the best of me oh you did so, yeah so because they're 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 calling me the b-word and stuff like as an, a personal attack right no not a beta <laughs> not a beta yeah the other word the other word yeah. you know so and so that caused you to get angry it causes me to get angry because they're attacking my character because of how they feel oh you know what i mean so i'm like yeah. man like you guys are illogical like you guys are emotional you guys you know you're not thinking straight and you're just attacking me when i have not called them out of their name yeah i've just been you know just speaking truth right on but i also wanted to add an insight that i have is that next time they call you a b-word just say i may be a b but you are definitely a lesbian <laughs> you know what i'm saying oh man you i rolled off your back don't you make don't let it bother you yeah. at all because what I, that's what they want to control you with words yeah and and and, and that brings me to my insight that i had that i heard you talk about how language is of satan yeah and lang words they are tied <laughs> with emotions so when yes. someone calls you something yeah. or you think something that emotion that's the devil's like i guess the process Absolutely, through which yeah. he's controlling you so it's just that I just wanted to add that insight because it's like a perfect situation. Right yeah, now. another thing I realized about that too is when you love God with all your heart, soul, and might, along with nothing else, meaning that you can't even love yourself, you can't love anything but Him, and then treat your neighbor as you would yourself, then nothing would get to you. I realized that the reason a lot of white people are cowering down to these folks is because they're afraid of losing their stuff. They don't, and white people love first class stuff, right? That's why I have white friends. And so, <laughs> they love their stuff. And they always try to improve on it. But their stuff is their God's, God. And so they're afraid, because what happened is if you tell the blacks the truth, the first thing they do is call you a racist. Then they go and, and uh, try to sue you or report you to your company cause you to lose your job and then they, they cut your head off and hang it up so everybody can see to put fear in you but if you didn't love anything more than God itself you wouldn't you wouldn't think about your character you wouldn't think about anything and just love him you would know that he would take care of you and then the world cannot control you well anything because I hear a lot of people say oh they're messing with your reputation right you can't even you can't even love your reputation when you become a son or a daughter of God, you just be. You have no opinion. You just be, and he will guide you. And he allows you to see evil. He allows you to overcome. But you can't even worry about your reputation. You just have to be a son of God and love what's right. And He would, and then no one can control you. That's right. When, because if you're not thinking of your reputation, meaning that you're not thinking about what other people care about, think about you, then you can always stand up. But if you care about your reputation, oh, they're going to think badly of me. Uh, uh, then 
whomever's trying to control you can get you mad. But if you don't worry about that, just love what's right. Have yeah. no opinion, just be. It, one, it's fine. One more thing is that my other sister, um, you know how I have my business? She went on Instagram and said that, hey, anybody that is following my brother's business venture, uh, he's a racist, so unfollow him, stop supporting him. Wow. And, uh, like, if this was me, like, three months ago before I was born again, yeah. I would I would have been like, what, you know, freaking out. But, right. you know, one of the amazing things that happened in that situation is that two people that follow her and know her that didn't know me at all. Yeah. They followed me, and they're like, hey, I see you're speaking the truth. And I'm like, God is good. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Amazing. And, and that's what's going to happen. As long as you love God with all your heart, soul, and might, along with nothing else, keep doing your business, but know that he's guiding you. So when people do say, I've been saying things like that, it won't put fear in you. Because your relationship is really with God. You're his son. And he'll take care of your business. He'll make a way out of no way. But if you worry about that at all, then you'll lose out. But just love him. Have a good attitude. Work your business. Be a good business person. And it'll just all work out for you. I had Someone asked me about Bond. I had no idea that it would become what it is today. And I've been called every name in the book and then some. They made up some names I never heard of. <laughs> they have said things about me that's literally not true. Uh, accusations have been thrown out there. But because he's my father, I'm his son, it doesn't bother me. But when I was in that father state, I could never do that. But because I love him, it doesn't bother me at all. I got awards for being Coon and Uncle Tom. I, it's so amazing. I never thought one day I would get the Lifetime Coon Award. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> but uh, speak up, but don't hate them. But you got to speak up. Uh, just put the truth on them. But when they call your names, it's not personal. They can't help it. It's a way to control you. But don't fall for it. Did you, did you tell your mother that they did that? Yeah, I did. And what did your mother say? She's on my, she like, not, I don't want her to pick sides, but she sees the truth. She understands that, you know, they're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. Well, good, man. And be, be happy that you're going through these things, meaning that don't be mad about it. Because it's making you stronger, wiser, and everything. But if you get angry, you won't be able to see. You won't grow. It's yep. not personal. Yeah, as soon as she, she called me, like, that, that that fight on Thursday evening. Yeah. Like, I was angry, but what I did is I just sat down and I, like, did a silent prayer. Right on. And I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> right on, man. Good. Yep. But so, that's fine. You. Just don't hate them. Yep. All right? All right. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> good morning, Jesse. Hey, sir. How are you? Good. How you doing? Amazing. There was a... No man is good? That's right. Amazing. All there, is well. <laughs> there was this interesting video clip I saw the other day of a cop. They were surrounded by the mob. And one cop refused to kneel, and then one of his coworkers tapped him and tried to get him to kneel as well. And what happened was, by him standing up and not backing down, the, one of the cops that was on the floor stood back up. Right on. And like you said, yep. you have to reverse the demoralization process. Yes. They've shamed whites uh, with all these lies. Just like Black Lives Matter is founded on a lie, Mike Brown was not innocent. Slavery is not white people's fault. They were right. the minority owners of slaves. <laughs> Uh, there's a much uh, there's a, a different group that owned the majority of them, but they don't talk about that group. Same group that backs Black Lives Matter. 
So they wear little hats and they own this building. Uh, and it's not to hate them, but it's to observe that pattern. I just missed something. <laughs> what did you yeah. say about the little hats? They were little hats, and one what of them owns a building. Over here? Yeah, <laughs> smaller than that. But that same pattern, it, it's not hateful to acknowledge it, just like you acknowledge that most blacks hate whites. Not all, not all, but a lot right. of that demographic also hates whites. They are the original perpetual victims. They've made blacks perpetual victims. And if you can reverse that, not give in, they're going to call you all kinds of names, but you've got to be able to take it and not move. Yeah. And if you don't, You then, must be born again. Yeah, don't run from it. They'll call yeah. you racist. Everything in the book, but you have to take it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. And then here, and then Mark, and over there, and wow, the, the, I was gone already. Oh, man. Yeah. Where? Where am I? Oh, okay. And then the young lady right here. Good morning. I wanted to just comment you said about uh, white people into their stuff, and that is absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, white, people, and, and, the, white people love education, and they love their stuff. I and, used to fly a lot. And then I found out that white people were getting, like, free upgrades from back of the, co- the bus to the front. And so one day I asked, how y'all getting these upgrades? Because you were here, to, the worker come on the plane, and they would say, John Doe, come up front. <clears throat> and so they said, well, what you have to do is you have to sign up mileage plus things, and you be on miles when you travel with a certain airline. And so I started doing that, and I started getting the upgrades. It's nice to be white. <laughs> <laughs> they they work very hard, but they love their stuff, and, and because of that, they're being controlled. Right, but that is has infected the churches because the pastors and the you know administrative teams, the pastoral staffs, they love the stuff too, yeah. and their stuff that they love is the big buildings and all the ties that they get. So. I've started to see, because I moved to this church from a big mega church over where I live in, right. in the Covina San Dimas area. And the pastor, I just saw after watching your show for a few, I just went, wow, my pastor's beta. You know, and I just, and so, and then, and then I realized I couldn't go beta. back. I couldn't go back. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't go back. Yes. Um, and, but they're into the stuff like we want to build more buildings and we want to, you know, have the capital campaign to get more stuff, more stuff. But if they started speaking the truth, it's the people over. would leave, and yeah. then they'd lose their ties, and then you know it'd be over. So yeah. they're they've locked themselves in their own, you know, this You're trap. absolutely right. There's nothing like loving God with all your heart, soul, and might. I didn't know that it was possible. But if you examine yourself, forgive, He'll draw you in, and the old habits will drop away. He will cleanse, take all that away from you. And you're like, wow, this is so nice. You get to a point where you just don't care what people think. Right. You love what's right. You be right and do right. But if people like it, fine. If they don't, fine. They have a right to be wrong. Let them suffer. And I, as, a, as another uh, just comment on things that you teach, uh, so as I was, you know, I left the church, but I would still have relationships with a lot of people there. And I, so I did my own informal poll. I would just, what if I was talking to one of my guys, I just say, Hey, is it all right for Christians to be angry? And all of them would be, uh, yeah, yeah. Jesus was angry. I know. I and I was like, and I'm just start going, what? And I'm like, so do you think God was angry? Like we get angry. He, you know, we starts frothing at the mouth and screaming and hooting and all her. And I, so you think God does that? And then they're like, well, you know, he, he flipped <laughs> over the changers tables and da da da. And I'm like, okay, yep. so, you know, so it just, I was, it was just a Why big, Why would I, you want to believe in a, you are, Satan is already a guy, he mad, yep. 
and now you're looking for a better way out, and then you hear about this other guy, the real guy, why would you go from one angry to angry person to another, angry spirit to another? Right. It doesn't even make sense. But it's, it's like leaving one husband or wife and going to the next, and they're all the same. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, but it was just interesting how I had to do that informal poll of, you know, talk to yeah. 10, 15 people and just ask them that informally. And it was like to a man, they're like, yeah, yeah it's, okay, it's okay to be angry. And I was like, whoa. So I was just, it was a very eye-opening experience. Right on, man. So. Cool. Uh, what I want to do is, the guy way in the corner, but I need to go to Mark first and Frankie and then over there. And I think I saw other hands. And then I, I want to, uh, did I see your hand? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. I wanted to say um, systematic racism is the same thing as uh, institutional racism, implicit bias, and white privilege. It's um, what people say when implicit they... Implicit bias? Yes. What is that? They're all I'm the like, same. I've it's, heard that before. I'm interviewing right. people like, implicit bias. I'm like, I'm black and slow. I don't, what does that mean? And they can't tell you. It means no one has done or said anything racist, but I still want to call you racist. So I can't point to any human being on this, you know, in our discussion that has done or even said anything racist. So I say white people have X amount more than black people on average. Therefore, the system is racist, and I can still call you a racist. Amazing. It's a way to call people racist that have done or said nothing racist. And, and then, it's too bad the whites are giving into it. Yeah. Not all, not all, not all, not all, but most. And then that video was 50 towns in the 1920s in Oklahoma alone. And one guy, young black guy, like in his early 20s, was making 3,000 barrels of oil a day. That Everybody was an amazing was like, film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were on top of the world in yeah. the 20s in yeah. Oklahoma here. Amazing. It's fake news. Yes, Frankie. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, over here, and then James got online stuff, and then... Oh, amazing. I'm glad to see everybody. Uh, Jesse, you here? Oh, okay. All right. um, hi, Jesse. Yeah, so I just wanted to comment that that's in fashion right now to go online and shame your family. It's it's a thing. It's a it's a it's, shame your family. Yeah, call them racist. Like call them out. Like like shame them publicly. That's very in fashion right now. Well, family members don't like each other anyway. Yeah, or, or whoever. It's like you got to rat them out. You got to yeah. take out. And then and then and then my my question to you is that um, this is my second time being here. Oh, right on. Um, like I'll just ask. Like I've noticed that there's not a lot of black people here. Like, do you ever get bothered that? Is it because I know that you're trying to wake up black people, but it seems like it's it's a it's like it's more like lights like like uh, like Hispanics and whites. I'm like, trying to uh, point the person who's looking for the right way. Okay. And I literally don't care how many blacks and whites or uh, Hispanics or any that come because those that don't want it, they have to suffer. And so it doesn't bother me at all. Not. When I hear, it doesn't matter what color, male or female, when they talk about waking up and they're now sons and daughters of God, it's amazing to me. And so I don't really think about that at all. Not when I, plus I'm an Uncle Tom. I don't expect many to come. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Tom's no better. But doesn't, doesn't it make you feel sad though that the, this message that is supposed to be going out to, to black people that they're not really getting it? Like, no, it's, not really. Not really? I don't feel sad at all. No, all right. Not, maybe I should, but I because it's for anyone who wants it. 
Okay. So and you don't care about color. the spirit of the person, not the color of the person. Yeah. And I can see that clearly. So the ones who are listening, those who are coming, those who call in, those are the ones that are seeking the truth. And, and once they wake up, I see my brother, I see my sister. So I'm not moved. There are a lot of family men. I have a big family. Matter of fact, I had five brothers and seven sisters, I think. But three of my brothers uh, aspired. So I call. I got a call from one of my other brothers that's still living. And he said, oh, call me. So I called him up and he said, I don't agree with anything else, nothing else you say, but I agree about what's happening now with you. When you say these people are insane, it doesn't make sense, this is evil. He agreed with that. So my whole, I have family members that don't agree with me. When I go to family dinners, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like going to a riot. <laughs> they so. don't like me, but I'm, I, I'm like, that's what I asked you, did you enjoy it? When they, I say one word, they're having a hissy fit. And so I just sit back like I'm looking at a movie. And I'm like, yeah, this is nice. Because I don't feel anything about it, and they all just jump on me. Right? But... I understand they cannot see. I was in that at that position at one time in life, so it's not personal. And so, so as far as the blacks, I mean, it's good when they wake up. If they don't, I can't do anything about it. It's systematic racism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you can't. You're not going to be able to help your own family members. Right. Remember, Christ had to leave home uh, because his family, in the neighborhood and community, didn't like him. Because I'm trying to save Hispanics, too, you know, like to, trying to wake them up because they're trying to emulate black people now. Yeah. Like with the victimization. Yeah. And we don't come with our culture. It's not like that at right. all. You know, and, and, and I'm like, and I'm and I'm like, and I'm so, so that's what I'm always. That's what my question was but to you. You're not going to be help, uh, any good to them if you feel for them. Right. You cannot feel for anyone. You just wish them well. Don't hate them. Be honest with them. But you cannot feel, uh, well, you're going to overcome all that emotional crap anyway. But if you're feeling something about it, you're not going to be totally honest with them with love. Okay. And that's the only thing that's going to work. Okay. All right? Yes, sir. Right here? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I've noticed two ways people talk about racism. Either they say that it doesn't exist, or they say it exists and it's bad. Yeah. But I think it exists, and I, I think I'm fine with it. it I'm Vietnamese. here? Second time here. Okay. And you believe racism exists? I think it exists, and I think it's good. I'm Vietnamese, and I want my kid to look like me. And you, you say you what now? I'm Vietnamese, and I want my kid to look like me. But that's not racism. Isn't racism when, when you treat someone differently be based on their race? I'm sorry? So you're Vietnamese, and you want your kids to be that too, right? To look yes. like you. Is that right? Yes. And you call that racism? Other people call it racism. But do you believe that's racism? Uh, I think it's racism because if I see two girls, I'm going to prefer the Vietnamese girl more. So I'm going to I'm going to treat one How person is that better racism? based on race. How is that racism? I mean, you were born in that family. Your parents are that way. You're going to emulate your parents unless you hate them and try to get away from them. Maybe but it's not, not racism. racism. I thought racism was just when you treated someone differently based on the race. That that's not the the definition. No. It doesn't exist as a made-up word. Because, because it's good versus evil, evil people treat everybody the same. They're evil. They have no love. People who've been born again are going to treat you with love. It's a battle between good and evil. It has nothing to do with the physical. Racism is a made-up word in order to control the people, to divide and conquer. 
it doesn't exist. And we all discriminate against each other. Yeah, and you true. better discriminate because you have to discriminate against evil. Once you overcome that, you don't want to be a part of that anymore. You know what I mean? I still think racism is real. But I just well, think about it, it as, as a different way. Just when I prefer some races over others. Like or what, it, like I guess who? it's not a race. If I say Vietnamese, that's not even a race, is it? It's just, just, just a group of people. I call them Vietnamese a race? I call them racist. <laughs> <laughs> Asians, Asians are racist as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. must be okay, have, you, have you guys been to Hawaii? Hawaii is like majority Asian, and there's a, there, there's a people called Micronesians. They're on the bottom of that hierarchy, and they get treated like the blacks here. And it's not racism. It's just a hierarchy. But what it is is evil. Every, evil people got to build themselves up so they can feel good about being evil. So you got to make yourself feel that you're better than the next person. But it, it's not racism. It's evil. If they had perfect love, they would not treat each other that way. Yes, it's a fake word. Yeah, it's a fake word. And the last, one of the best examples I can think of was Freddie Gray. You guys remember Freddie Gray? Baltimore. He was killed by black police in a black district with a black mayor. And they came up with the word to explain it because racism no longer applied. He was killed by other blacks. So what now? He uh, he died in the back of a police van. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He snapped his neck. Baltimore. The drug addict guy, right? Freddie Gray. Drug dealer. No, it's not about race. Yeah, so it's a made-up word. But that the family members turning on each other. Is that racism? They hate this young man because he's of truth now. He's of God. He's a son of God. So the children of Satan hate him. And they're going online and lying on him. That's not racism. It's evil. I'm telling you, it's evil. Once you're born again, you're going to see it's evil. It has nothing to do with racism. And you're not wrong for wanting a, uh, a, a, Viet, a Viennese. Say it again. No, it's all right, though. It's not, and nothing wrong with that. Um, okay, so he calls me a race hater because oh. I don't date other Vietnamese women. So <laughs> You hate your own race. He's trying to get away from his race because he hates his mother. He used to. And then he Ooh. ended up marrying Mama. Ooh, ouch. The same spirit is everywhere. But it doesn't exist, man. It's a made-up word. And you're not wrong for wanting to marry into your race. All right? Uh, I got it. Give it to the young lady right in front of you. Yeah. And then here. Did I see your hand? Okay. Okay. So um, I'm going to move away from that topic. But um, so I was, so I've been going through, so I, when I go to work, um, a lot of the females there have this whole mentality of uh, Black Lives Matter um, and I, I personally don't think that that's like pro- a professional or we should be talking about that at work because I'm in the healthcare industry. Yeah. And so it's like at, yeah, when I'm right. at work, I don't want to hear about that. And all they do is just show videos and just talk about it. And it's very distracting. Um, and I don't comment about it. And I, the times that I have said something and just to give them examples of like both sides um, or the other side. You know they they have their mind made up, and so it just seems like I'm there's no point. That's right. And so I don't think it's wise for me to even like push it. Especially and so, at work because you're there to make money. You made a promise to the to the boss. You work eight hours for how many dollars? You're not there for politics. 
Yeah. So I, I definitely feel like it, but then at, when I'm at home, sometimes I feel guilty in the sense that, you know, am, am I doing enough as far as like speaking up or because right now I feel like I don't, I, I'm just trying to keep my eyes on myself because I understand that like, you know, when you're, when you can't see, it's, it's hard to, when you can't see it's, you know, you're, you're blind. So I've been in those situations. And so who am I to go and try to change someone else's mind? So I don't know. I kind of feel guilty in between just like not maybe speaking out enough or what do you think? Do you mean speaking out at work or outside of work? Both. If someone asks you at work, what do you think? You can warn them first. You're not going to want to hear this. <laughs> and then if they ask you, you can be honest with them, but I wouldn't go to work preaching about it and yeah. all into it. And you're not wrong for not doing that. That's not why you're there. But if you're out and about and if you want to talk about it, you should be able to. Mm-hmm. You should. You should do it because they need to hear the truth. Because somebody may hear and reject it at first, but down the road they may think about what you said. They're like, oh, that makes sense. And so you should speak up. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, like I don't want to. Like I just, I. You don't I, want to speak up at all, even like outside of work. Like sometimes because it just sounds so ridiculous that it like, I know I'm going to waste my time. And so it's like. Maybe it's just Satan talking to me in my head. Yeah, if it's coming out of your head, then don't believe it. You speak up. But if it's not, uh, if if you and if you tell somebody something and they don't want to hear, I have a cousin that we used to bring on the show a lot, and he is just the craziest they come. He believe everything that's wrong, and he a Christ, he's a Christian. Yeah. So I don't even argue with him anymore. As soon as he called me up, we were talking. I'm like, all right, fine, nice. And I wouldn't argue with him, but it's nice to put it out there and let them decide if they want to receive it or not. Okay. And so if Satan tells you not to do it, don't pay any attention to that. Okay. All right? Okay. But we got to start speaking up. We have to. Uh, right here, this young lady, and then here in James. Amazing. Tell James to come on. Yes. Hi, Jesse. Hi. How are you? I'm good. No I mean, is good. I All is well. All is well. God is good. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so, trying to organize my thoughts. Um, I wanted to say that systemic racism is an invisible boogeyman. Um, it's a way of creating a problem that can't be solved because there's no one person that's in, in control of it or can change it it's a way of creating um blind rage in people so that it's they a, take it's it out up though, right oh yeah you, yeah oh, okay. it's made up and, oh, okay. it, and it creates blind rage that makes people take out on innocent people yeah. um but but for short but you know the idea of systemic racism is that there's you know forces that are trying to keep you down and it, there are forces in the world that are trying to, you know, to me that the, wherever forces. it's evil, whatever's yeah. coming up with the, and yeah. I think everybody in this room, well, maybe everybody, maybe, you know, yeah. <laughs> my whole point is don't, you know, judge the collective. It's in yeah. the individual. That's right. Um, but I think Absolutely. most people have expressed that, that they understand that, um, that 
system, the idea of systemic racism is 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 coming from evil forces, and that's what's keeping people down. But even that evil force, you know, I've struggled all week with me being angry uh, and hateful toward an invisible enemy because if you if you if you look at that and say, well, I want to blame, I want to blame the liberals, or I want to blame the I want to blame the, I'm normally not here because I work at a church, and I work at a church that just stands for every evil thing. Oh, and, and I want to blame them, you know. Uh, I, I want to blame stupid people, you know. And I, so I, and I spend all week being angry because I think, I'm so smart, and everybody else is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. my ego. Um, is this your first time here? No, no, I've been here a couple times throughout the year, but I just can't, can't oh, okay. be here that often. You haven't but, overcome your anger yet. Uh, no, I, I guess I haven't totally overcome it yet. And, and why not? Um, I enjoy suffering. You do? <laughs> Suffer and die. And why don't you forgive so you can get past? God can take that away from you, that spirit. Oh, I didn't want to talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> you should have mentioned you were angry. Oh, no. <laughs> why, why don't you forgive so you can just be free of that and have perfect love? So every time I, almost every time I've been here, we have the same conversation and oh, I don't want to bore people with it. Yeah. Cause I, cause I can't figure out, I can't figure out what to, I can't figure out what to forgive. I can pinpoint, if I think really hard, I can pinpoint things that I could say, oh, my parents did this wrong or did that wrong, you know. Uh, so you have but, but I can't, what I can't f- drum up in myself is a, is a, is feeling like I have resentment toward them. I don't feel like I do. Where do you think anger come from? Um, uh, I think my anger comes from my ego, believing well, my thoughts. Where ego come from? Because my, my ego says, how dare you do this to me? But that's, your ego you know, is your mother's ego that's made a home in you. Okay. It's not yeah, yours. Can, yeah. It's yours if you don't forgive. Once you become an adult, you have to go and forgive so God can forgive you. Because you're born of your mother, you can't help but have that resentment. And then once you're born of the flesh, then you're born of the spirit. You return to the father. That's why God said there will come a day when I return the children to the fathers Mm -hmm. and the fathers to the children because the men represent their sons of God. Even Mm -hmm. a beta male is still a beta male, but Mm -hmm. he's a son of God. He's just in a fallen state. Mm -hmm. And so you must be born again of the spirit of God. Because you don't have your own identity yet. You don't, yeah. you don't remember who you, what you were like before you resented your mother. You're not I've, yourself. I've seen what it, I have seen, you know, I, I haven't been consistent with the silent prayer and I think that's my problem. Well, but but I, I know, but I've done it enough <laughs> to, but I've done it enough to see the light. I've done it enough to see that it's the answer to everything. I've done it enough to see, to, to have those moments where I, where I know well, what why I don't truly you go am, and, forgive and where I know that I'm not God. Why don't you go and forgive? That way, you won't plead God anymore by getting angry. Uh, let me just add. <laughs> I don't know what to forgive them for. I don't feel resentful so, okay, toward so my mother. You might mother. not. I don't want to force it. On. Okay, okay. So your mother was perfect when raising you. No, no, Did I she can... made any mistakes. Yes. Like what, for an example? Uh. Something you wish just you didn't do things. or say. Just, just, just t- teaching me a bad. Um, she rep- she represented a bad uh, philosophy. What do you mean? Of uh, 
you know, it's a kind of a secular humanism where, oh, you just care about other people and be a good person, and it, it just turns around on itself until it becomes evil. Have it's you not, gone it's to not her? God's way. Have you gone to her and forgiven her for that? I, yeah, I, no. I mean, I've talked to her. I've talked to her about the philosophical issues. I've talked have to her about how I believe now. Have you gone to her and now. forgiven her for that? No, I haven't said to her, I forgive you for Why not? Oh, I didn't uh, want to talk about me. <laughs> I just wanted to make a point about <laughs> about collective guilt, <laughs> and uh, and that it's all about the you know the individual overcoming and. and well, how will you uh, overcome unless God forgive you? Uh, you can't overcome without okay. Him forgiving you, and mm-hmm. He's not going to forgive you until you forgive your parents. Mm-hmm. Have you gone to your father and forgiven him? No, I've not, I haven't said. To either of my parents, Did I Did he make any mistakes with you? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Like what, for example? Uh, I, don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Go and forgive your mother just for that one thing. Other things will come, and God mm-hmm. will forgive you. Because okay. that's holding you back. It really is. Okay. But don't do it until you can see it for yourself, not because I said it. Just right, do- and that's what's been holding me back all this time, that yeah. I can't just go and do it because you said it. Right. I, ha- I have to see, and I just haven't seen it yet. I haven't uh, seen the, where I have well, resentment. Well, just continue to suffer. So. Go to work. Be mad okay. all week. Uh, well, I don't it. think I'm the only person that so is struggling with with anger in the face of everything that's you say happening. You said what no, no, no it's a stupid thing to say. Never mind. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> Are you dating? I'm married. You're married. Yes. And so do you abuse your husband? Do I abuse him? I have. Yeah, I've been an evil woman and I am trying, I'm doing, I'm, I'm trying to overcome. Well, you're not going to be able to until you love your father, return to your father mm-hmm. by forgiving your mother. You must be born of God. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your husband and your children will catch hell from you mm-hmm. because you don't have love. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. You have kids? No. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But think about it. Do the silent prayer. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, once he forgive you, he will take the spirit of anger away from you, and you will never have to deal with it again. You will only operate with love. Mm-hmm. And it's not a feeling. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. But... It's a God of light unto your feet. And you can see where these people are coming from, and they can't help it. And you yeah. would be honest with them, but you would not hold it against them at all. Yeah. You would never know anger again. Yeah. I've, I've had periods of time where I felt that's how I was living, you know. But if, but if you don't do the silent prayer every morning and every night, that little bit of, if a little bit of anger gets in you, that, that, Spirit just wants more anger. Well, you, know? you could do, and so it silent, won't let you do the silent prayer because it just wants more. You but know? you could do the silent prayer until the cows come home. Mm-hmm. But if you don't go and forgive, remember, God said, if you have anything against anyone, go and forgive them, and I will forgive you. Mm-hmm. If you don't forgive, He can't forgive you, and so you can't be free of that. Just doing the prayer but not taking the action is not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think if you just if you saw what you resented your mother for? You went to her and said, "Hey, I, I'm sorry for resenting you. I forgive you for what you did." What do you think she would say? Uh, 
Um, I don't know. I can't imagine it. You can't imagine it? No. Okay. Well, just stay there. You know, hold on to it until you're tired of it. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. But don't have any babies until you get past that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> too late for that anyway. It's too late for that? Yeah. You are, you're pregnant now? No. No, I'm too old. Oh, you're too old to have yeah. babies? Yeah. Sarah was 99. I know. I know. <laughs> Abraham was 100. It's not too late. Okay. <laughs> All right. But anyway, anything else you wanted to say about what you were talking about before I asked you about the anger? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to make the point that, you know, when you talk about discernment versus judgment, um, it's not possible to make a discernment about a group of people, not even the people that wear the hats. You you can't make a, a discernment about a group. Discernment can only be with what's in front of you. It's like, that's like, to me, you know, try, judging, thinking that you're making a discernment about a group is like... Um, thinking that you see the truth when you're in the past or in the future. That's not, the group is not real, you know. So when you see these people, these group of people burning down buildings and stealing, don't you make a discernment about all of them at the same time? You can make a discernment about whatever's in in front of you. Yeah. I believe you can make a discernment about whatever's in front of you. When you're born again of God, it's like you living on top of a mountain and you're looking over, you can see What's going on? And you can discern the whole world. Mm-hmm. You can see that it's evil. Mm-hmm. And everyone that of who have not been born again of God is of yeah. evil. Yeah. But it it's our our business is is as individuals. I don't think our business is to try to to try to fix what's wrong with the world at by seeing which groups are wrong. You know. I think uh, our, our business I'm just, I'm is just to overcome. Slow. I may be missing it. Yeah. Do you understand what she's saying? Somewhat. What is she saying? Well, we can only we can only control ourselves, and to the extent that we might make a judgment on other groups of people, that that might be something that, in fact, God has revealed to us, and I have that own experience myself of the, contu- the truth continuing to be revealed to me the closer the Lord I get. But I'm not sure I can change a group of people and that I should necessarily get hung up on changing a group of people. I, can, I know how hard it is to change right this, this right here, and maybe somebody who's really close to me. And it's not that I don't speak the truth. The Bible tells us to do that with limits, depending on whether a person's a believer or not a believer. But making up our mind that we're going to go change a group of people, making up our mind that we're going to get rid of racism across the whole United States of America, I, just don't, I don't feel called to do that. But, Lord, I do feel called to speak the truth. And the Bible tells so us when your to do heart that. has not changed from evil to good. It's it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, Paul couldn't couldn't do it. I can't do it, man. Have you been born again of God? Yes, sir. And so, but you still have the same heart you had of Satan. Uh, we all have a heart of Satan, sir. Not me. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're we, born again. You're born of God. You have His nature, His identity. That's why you must be born again. Because you can't, you can't be of love and hate. You're only, only of one or the other. You this, can't be of both. This is hate. This right here. Yes, my heart belongs to the Lord. No question about What's it. What's hate? But my, my flesh, everything I think and do, unless, which I didn't do before I spoke to you, I'm probably speaking evil right now. I'm only capable of that unless I ask God to give me the strength and the wisdom to How do every single thing. How is flesh evil? 
Hold on, guys. How is your flesh evil? How is my flesh evil? Yes. Uh, where do I start? I mean, every everything I do is s- selfish unless I'm turning it over to the Lord, which I only do momentarily. You know, at any given moment, I, I, I sometimes find the will and the goodness to do that and, and, and listen to his voice for what he's going to tell me to do in any given moment. But if I'm not doing that, I'm only capable of, of, a, of a thought from the enemy. So you're still influenced by Satan? No question. Every person in this room is, sir. Even those who've been born again? Yeah. How is that possible? You can't serve two. I'm not serving Satan. Absolutely not. But how is it not. possible to be influenced by God and influenced by Satan? How is it possible? I, I, like I said, every single thing I do, everything thing I'm saying right now is influenced by both. I know, but how I, to, I know you're saying that, but I'm trying to figure out how is that possible. Even the Bible says you can't do that. How, why, are you, why do you think that's possible, that you can serve God and serve Satan? I'm not talking about serving, sir. But if I'm you're not. influenced, you are serving. I don't. I don't agree. I don't think the scripture says that. But what do you? When you're influenced by Satan, what do you do? Well, right now, for example, I'm saying things that are of my own mind quite often. But right? your mind is not your own. It's Satan's mind. That's why you must be born again of God's mind, so He'll influence you. There's no question that God influences me. I'm just saying that Satan does also. And so unless you, I turn over, so you believe you can serve two gods? No. But you serve as Satan and God, you say? I have not said one time that I serve Satan. But you say sometimes you're of God and sometimes you're of Satan, right? I'm influenced by him. There's no question about it. Amazing. I wish I had more time. Will you come back next Sunday? We'll deal with this right away. You're <laughs> <laughs> right. so good. Well, I, I mean, know I, what you're talking about. I'm, I've been I, there too. I learned this from Paul. I mean, it's not, it's not like now? this is my own idea. <laughs> he's he's up, up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paul, what did Paul say? I, I tried to fix myself. I couldn't. I realized it's not me, but. Yeah, he's he, he constantly talking about the influence of the enemy on, on him and everything that he does. Did he say you must be born again of God? Yeah. And so, did he realize that he was trying to overcome that fallen state, that spirit that he had, but he couldn't? He was fighting against it? Right. But he couldn't do anything about it? Uh, I don't know. Did he say he could do nothing about it on his own will? Yes, I think he did he, say he on his own on his it, own right? strength. I think so. He, he said stopped yes. fighting because he realized of himself he could do not, do nothing about that on his own strength. And yes. so he let God handle it, right? Yes. And so that's what has to happen. You have to stop fighting with that and let God handle it by being born again of Him. I'm not sure what you mean by fighting, but I certainly realize the importance of letting God do the work and I try to do that all the time but when I don't do that which is all the time that means the enemy is in charge how do you try to do it well prayer and and try to use something biblical something scriptural which like I said most of what I've just said in the last five minutes is is not necessarily of God because and I so, didn't so I didn't pray about it and I'm not, because of time yeah. you so let's say you're dealing with something, right? And you start, you try to fix it, but you can't. Is that right? Okay, it happens all the time, yeah. And then, so in that point, you start doing what? When you realize you can't fix it, what do you do? 
in a good in a good moment, I go to the Lord even before I start trying to fix it. But if I'm confused by something or frustrated by something, that's a better time even to go to the Lord. And you go to Him and say what? I said, God, oh, I can't no. do this. I don't, I've been trying to do this for the last you know hour trying to fix this thing, and I realized I did not call on you. Now, Lord, I'm calling on you. And what does He say? It depends on the situation. Sometimes He gives me the, the wisdom uh, to to solve a problem that in is, His way. I totally understand you, man. It's so wrong, but I understand you. And we'll talk about it some more or something later. What scripture can I look at that says that's wrong? I'd like to... The one that says that you must be born again? No, no, no. uh, What I just said of the example about trying to fix a problem. So what now? The example I just gave about trying to fix a problem, what's what's wrong about that biblically? I just would like to look it up. Oh, it's, it's nothing wrong with seeing that you can't fix it, but there's something wrong with you thinking that that's the way it is. You serve two gods. You can only serve one. And, and so thinking that you can serve two is of Satan. He got you thinking that. And he used the Bible to make you, to convince you of that. That's why you must be born again. You must forgive. You must enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he will take over. Philippians chapter 1 will help He already know the Bible, right? Are you asking me for a scripture? Yeah. That ain't going to help. He already, you already know the Bible, right? Read it a couple times. I'm sorry? I've read it a couple times. I've read my case. So with me quoting the Bible, is not going to help you. Get to know yourself. You'll see it. Pay attention to yourself. You'll see it. Do you know yourself? Pretty well. You familiar with a ministry called Celebrate Recovery? What? You familiar with a ministry called Celebrate Recovery? No. Okay. What is it called? Celebrate Recovery. 12-step oh, no. Christian program. Never heard of it? Well, I okay. know about 12-step, but I... Okay. It's a lot of the stuff that you, you're talking about, uh, uh, about how to fix yourself. I've been leader in that, have been for several years. I'm pretty do familiar. Do they tell you, are um, you a member of that? It's not a member thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a leader. I've been involved in it for a number you of years. You're a 12-step person? Amazing. And do you tell these people to go and forgive so God can forgive them and set them free? They won't need the alcohol and stuff? Sure. And do they go and forgive? Some people do. Some Have you people done don't. that? Have I gone and forgive? I've had all these conversations with my parents about 10, 20, 10 20 them? years ago. Sure. You told them you forgive them? Yeah. Amazing. Let's pick up on this next Sunday. It's so <laughs> Which good. part, man? Just suffer until next Sunday. Serve two gods until next week. I, I refuse to serve two gods, but I, I don't know why that helps your argument. I'm open because to the you say conversation. You're up here, then you're over here, and I'm saying you can't serve but one. I am too. Oh, okay. Can I inject something? Interject something? Yeah. I, what I hear... And then, Jay, come on, Jay, with the mic. Okay. What I hear is when he talks about his flesh, it's the same thing as you talking about your mind and your thoughts. I think that's all he's saying, is that he's, he's, he's associating the flesh with the mind. No, he said his, his skin, right? Your body. But, but I think that's the essence of what he... Do you mean your body or, or your mind? Do I mean my body or my mind regarding what? I don't know. That's what she said. <laughs> but it's so good, man. But uh, I just, I'm just so... I, I, so just suffer I'm just paraphrasing Paul. I'm not, this, is not my right. own, this is not my own thought. Right on. Okay. James. Okay, I have a bunch of super chats, but I'm just going to read a few. Okay. The rest of them, Joel will read tomorrow on the Jesse Lee Peterson show. Oh, okay. And I also have that open letter. 
if you want to read it. Oh, read yeah. It. Yeah. You gotta hear this letter. It is mind blowing. Do the super chat and then come and do the letter. Okay. Will you hold the mic for me then? Up there? Yes. Okay. Peter from Periscope gave a diamond on DLive and said, I have a bad habit of making excuses. How do I stop? Stay out of your head. I'm telling you, once you're born again of God, it's impossible to make an excuse. It just, you can't do it. Because you, you, you're living in the light, in the love of God, and you can see, so you can't make excuses because you see. But you've got to be born again. You must be born again. And, and as God said, we we're born of the flesh, which is of our mothers, and in the flesh is weak. Then we we're born of the spirit, which is of God. Then we we're made to be strong because he's guiding us. That's how you overcome the flesh. And then the flesh can no longer control you because now you're of the spirit. You are a spirit. You're of that spirit. So you're not subject to the flesh anymore. Yes. Alex Calloway gave a super chat and said, I forgave my mother and told her I resented, but still didn't and still haven't mentioned that she tried to turn me against my father. Should I do it again? If you see, if you, see you need to, do it. Bob Anderson gave a super chat and said, I consider myself, he's answering the biblical question. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Forgot about the biblical. I think the biblical question is, do you see yourself as an important person? And Bob Anderson says, I consider myself an important person because I am a living example. All right. And Mama, and Mama 75 says, question for Jesse. If what you think, speak, hear, and read about God, if all that is not God, how can one believe in God? That's a good question. Reading about God is just learning about God intellectually. You don't really know him. You just know about him. It's like reading about Martin Luther King or, or Jojo or Joel, he black. It's just read about him. But once you were born again of the spirit of God, then you would know him. But just read about him. Is not gonna, look at the Christians who are suffering, and they know the Bible upside down. They went down to the front and said, yes, I believe Jesus saved me. It's the Lord that saved me, blah, blah, blah. But nothing changes. But once you're truly born again of the Spirit of God, then everything would change. It, it would just be different. You would be able to see. Uh, let him have the mic, uh, and then you come and tell me uh, and read this for me. Oh, but you don't need to hold the mic for me. It, there's two. He wanted to make a statement a, a while back. You don't want to make it? Oh, okay. So... This letter is, is from a, a priest, right? Yes. A priest. Yes. And Archbishop. Archbishop Carlo Vigano. Did he write this to the president? Yes, open letter to the president. I read this open letter. I found it on, on my uh, computer accidentally, and it was an amazing letter. So I, I asked James, told James, he got to read it to you guys today. It's so good. I don't want to build you up so much about it. But to me, it was so good. You know how you build somebody up, and then they they taste the cake, and it wasn't that good. <laughs> Your wife like, why cook a good meal, right? You come home, oh, this is so good, honey. You gonna love this meal? And you're like, yeah, I can't wait. And then you sit down to eat. It ain't that good? <laughs> and what do you do? You gotta lie. It was good. So 
I don't want to bear you up so much about it, but it was a very, very good letter. And it's available on lifesitenews.com. And it's from Archbishop? Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. To the president. To the president. The Great White Hope. Dated. You know who the Great White Hope is, right? You don't know the Great White Hope? I'm not in Asian pop culture. Oh. The Great White Hope is Donald Trump. Amazing. Yes. So this is dated June 7th, 2020, and it goes, Mr. President, in recent months we have been witnessing the formation of two opposing sides that I would call biblical, the children of light and the children of darkness. The children of light constitute the most conspicuous part of humanity while the children of darkness represent an absolute minority. And yet the former are the object of a sort of discrimination which places them in a situation of moral inferiority with respect to their adversaries, who often hold the strategic, strategic positions in government, politics, in the economy, and in the media. In an apparently inexplicable way, the good are held hostage by the wicked and by those who help them either out of self-interest or out of fear fearfulness. These two sides, which have a biblical nature, follow the clear separation between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent. On the one hand, there are those who, although they have a thousand defects and weaknesses, are motivated by the desire to do good, to be honest, to raise a family, to engage in work, to give prosperity to their homeland, to help the needy, and in obedience to the law of God, to merit the kingdom of heaven. On the other hand, there are those who serve themselves, who do not hold any moral principles, who want to demolish the family and the nation, exploit workers, and make themselves unduly wealthy, foment internal divisions and wars, and accumulate power and money. For them, the fallacious illusion of temporal well-being will one day, if they do not repent, yield to the terrible fate that awaits them, far from God, in eternal damnation. In society, Mr. President, these two opposing realities coexist as, an e as eternal enemies, just as God and Satan are eternal enemies. And it appears that the children of darkness, whom we, we may easily identify with the deep state, which you wisely oppose, and which is fiercely waging war against you in these days, have decided to show their cards, so to speak, by now revealing their plans. They seem to be so certain of already having everything under control that they have laid aside that, that circumspection that until now had at least partially concealed their true intentions. The investigations already underway will reveal the true responsibility of those who manage the COVID emergency, not only in the area of healthcare, but also in politics, the economy, and the media. We will probably find that this colossal operation of social engineering there are people who have decided the fate of humanity, arrogating to themselves the right to act against the will of citizens and their representatives in the governing nations, in the governments of nations. We will also discover that the riot in these days, riots in these days, were provoked by those who, seeing that the virus is inevitably fading and that the social alarm of the pandemic is waning, necessarily have to provoke civil disturbances because they would be followed by repression which, although legitimate, 
could be condemned as an unjustified aggression against the population. The same thing is also happening in Europe in perfect synchrony. It is quite clear that the use of street protests is instrumental to the purposes of those who would like to see someone elected in the upcoming presidential elections who embodies the goals of the deep state and who expresses those goals faithfully and with conviction. It will not be surprising if, in a few months, we, we learn once again that hidden behind these acts of vandalism and violence, there are those who hope to profit from the dissolution of the social order so as to build a world without freedom. Solve et, solve et coagula, as the Masonic adage teaches. Although it may seem disconcerting, the opposing alignments I have described are also found in religious circles. There are faithful shepherds who care for the flock of Christ, but there are also mercenary infidels who seek to scatter the flock and hand the sheep over to be devoured by ravenous wolves. It is not surprising that the mercenaries are the allies of the children of darkness and hate the children of light. Just as there is a deep state, there is also a deep church that betrays its duties and forswears its proper commitments before God. Thus, the invisible enemy, whom good rulers fight against in public affairs, is also fought against by good shepherds. Shepherds, I, I cracked. In the ecclesiastical sphere, it is a spiritual battle, which I spoke about in my recent appeal, which was published on May 8th. For the first time, the United States has in you a president who courageously defends the right to life, who is not ashamed to denounce the, denounce the persecution of Christians throughout the world, who speaks of Jesus Christ and the right of citizens to freedom of worship, your participation in the March for Life, and more recently, your proclamation of the month of April as National Child Abuse Prevention Month, are actions that can confirm which side you choose to fight on, which side you wish to fight on. And I dare to believe that both of us are on the same side in this battle, albeit with different weapons. For this reason, I believe that the attack to which you were subjected after your visit to the National Shrine of St. John Paul II is part of the orchestrated media narrative which seeks not to fight racism and bring social order, but to aggravate dispositions, not to bring justice, but to legitimize violence and crime, not to serve the truth, but to favor one political faction. And it is disconcerting that there are bishops such as those whom I recently denounced, who, by their words, prove that they are aligned on the opposing side. They are subservient to the deep state, to globalism, to aligned thought, to the new world order, which they invoke ever more frequently in the name of a universal brotherhood which has nothing Christian about it, but which evokes the Masonic ideals of those who want to dominate the world by driving God out of the courts, out of schools, out of families, and perhaps even out of churches. The American people are mature and have now understood how much the mainstream media does not want to spread the truth, but seeks to silence and distort it, spreading the lie that is useful for the purposes of their masters. However, it is important that the good who are the majority wake up from their sluggishness and do not accept being deceived by a minority of dishonest people with unavowable purposes. It is necessary that the good, the children of light, come together and make their voices heard. What more effective way is there to do this, Mr. President, than by prayer? Asking the Lord to protect you, the United States, and all of humanity from this enormous attack of the enemy. 
Before the power of prayer, the deceptions of the children of darkness will collapse. Their plots will be revealed. Their betrayals will be shown. Their frightening power will end in nothing. Brought to light and exposed for what it is, an infernal deception. Mr. President, my prayer is constantly turned to the beloved American nation, which I had the privilege and honor of being sent by Pope Benedict XVI as Apostolic Nuncio. In this dramatic and decisive hour for all of humanity, I am praying for you and also for all those who are at your side in the government of the United States. I trust that the American people are united with me and you in prayer to Almighty God. God, united against the invisible enemy of all humanity, I bless you and the First Lady, the beloved American nation, and all men and women of goodwill. Signed, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop of Opiana. Amazing. I wanted to... I forgot about that letter. I wanted to read it at the beginning of the service because this is an amazing time to be alive. It really, if ever there was a time to be alive in America, is now. Because when you see, when you watch the world, it is pure evil that you're looking at. All this stuff that's happening is not about love. It's not about racism or economic depression and all the crap they're telling you. It's pure evil at work. And the children, it's so nice that you're all waking up so you can see it. We're going to win this battle. And if you're children of God, you would know that. Just because it looked bad to the eyes, God is with you. And he is allowing you to see what evil looked like in a different way. Evil's in yourself. you got to overcome that. But what you see happening right now is pure evil. And the reason that letter was so good, I read the whole letter. I'm black and I can't hardly read. I read the whole thing. I'm like, wow, I like this letter. It's because I was just thinking, these people are fighting over nothing. They're, they're, they're liars. They're evil. All these things they say they're fighting about is not true. It's pure evil. And they hate the Christians. They hate the children of God. Christianity is the most hated religion on this side of, of heaven. And that's why they're trying to keep the churches closed and everything. They don't want you to pray at home, at school. They don't like that order of God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman and woman over children. So what you're looking at in the world with this whole Chinese virus thing and all that is pure evil. It's not even real. And if you really are a son or daughter of God, you would not get uh, become afraid and run and hide. You would stand up. And you'll be honest and you'll tell the truth. But if you just know the Bible but don't know God, have not been born of him, you're going to find yourself running. All these white people who are bowing down, they don't know God. Because if they knew God, they would never bow down to another man or woman. But, but they have fear. They have emotions. And they are made to be afraid all in the name of Jesus. But once you're born again, you're not a fear anymore. It's not in you. And so watch what's happening. Know that it's about evil. They're lying about what they say they want. It's about destroying white people, destroying America, destroying Christianity. It's about evil. And I never heard of anybody following an organization that was founded by radical black lesbians. That's mind-blowing. I never imagined I would see that in America. You have Christian people. There was a church of white people 
on their knees, on the ground, and some black woman reading off, do you promise to love the white folks? Was that at church or school? Anybody see that? And they're like, oh, yeah, praise the Lord. You promised to bow down to Black Lives Matter? <laughs> praise the Lord. Every time I see one, all in the name. Those are not children of God. Because they wouldn't bow down like that if they were. So just know they're lying to you about slavery and all this stuff. It's all made up. This is evil. You're looking at evil in operation. And this is what God prepares us for when we become his sons and daughters. He prepares us to overcome it and deal with it. All right? Don't hate it. Speak up, but deal with it. It's not true what they're saying. Don't accept it. Once you believe that lie, it got you just like that. Then you'll find yourself bowing down, burning down buildings and everything. It's not about color. It's not about male or female. It's about good versus evil. That's all it's about. It's like you were saying about your sister. They turn on him, the brother. They put him on lying, lying on him. That's what's going to happen to you and your family. When you, God said he came not to divide, I mean to unite, but to divide the children of God from the children of Satan. And they're in your own family and everywhere. You don't have to make it happen. It'll happen on its own. All right? Last word. Yes. Oh, just uh, remember when Joe Biden said that um, if you don't vote Democrat, you're not black. Right. Just things like that. And other examples, they're not even hiding it anymore. Right. They don't care if, the, if uh, we can see what they're doing. Before, they were tricky. They were very underhanded. And It's all out now. No, yeah. It's all out. I'm just wondering, wouldn't that hurt them? Why are they not still trying to hide it? When you're angry like that, you can't see what you're doing to yourself. You think you're marrying the right person. You think you're deciding the right job. You don't see how you're being influenced. So he doesn't see what he's doing. These people that are doing all this stuff now, they don't know that it's going to backfire on them that it's not going to work because they believe it to a lie and people bowing down to them. Last thing about that, you see that uh, the mayor of um, Minneapolis, you see what happened to him, right? He was all crying at the funeral. Yeah, I saw that. He was all down on his knees. And so the Black Lives Matter people say, all right, get rid of all the police. Will you get rid of the police department, something like that? And he's like, no. <laughs> the little beta male, no. They're like, you won't get rid of them? No. Get out of here. They ran him away. He, he, they, did y'all see that? They turned on him just like that. At, at one of the rallies. They turned on the beta male that was doing on the, the mama crying. It was fake tears. But they turned on him. So evil will turn on you. Your best friend will turn on you if he or she has not been born again. But they are lying in the world. It's not true, folks. It's all made up. So make sure you do the silent prayer. Speak up and don't hate. Go and forgive. So God will forgive you and draw you in. And you will be in the world, but not of it. And you will see it's not about color. It's not about male or female. It's right versus wrong, good versus evil. And then all of God's children will get along. 
you, you'll be honest and fair with one another. You won't fight each other. Color won't matter. It really won't. It's the spirit. All right? So um, I, I encourage you to pray. Do the silent prayer. Speak up. But don't resent. And doubt every thought. There's no such thing as a true thought. Never, ever a true thought. You have to go to the bathroom, right? And you, and you, you realize, oh, I can wait. And then the moment you say you can wait, Satan will say, no, you got to go now. <laughs> you better go now to drive too long. Or the meeting may last. And, and, and all of a sudden, like, you can't wait to get to the bathroom. Have you noticed that? Satan getting involved with everything. Everything that you don't think he would get involved with. He has something to say about it. So doubt every thought. No such thing as a true thought. No such thing as a past or a future. All you have is right now. Come into the presence of God. Because what Satan does, he has to draw you out of the present. Because he cannot come into God's presence. So when you're with God, he can't come in. So he has to give you something to think about. The past or the future. Who doesn't exist, then he got you. But as long as you're out of your head, down those voices, then you're with God and you'll be fine. That makes sense? All right. Oh, amazing. So we need your support. Don't forget to donate to Barn. Uh, go to rebuildingtheman.com slash church and donate. We absolutely need it. Uh, we're back on the radio tomorrow. Uh, anybody have any, any questions about anything before we sign off? I don't have a question, but yeah. a biblical question. Oh, yeah. My, bi- oh, my biblical question. We are so way over time. I'm black. I won't do this again, I hope. My, my biblical question, how do you see yourself? Is that right? Oh, do you see yourself as an important person? Yeah. <laughs> I was just reminding you of it, but I'll go ahead and answer it. Uh, I, do, I do see myself as an important person now that I'm born again of the spirit I feel like in God's eyes I'm important okay amazing do you see yourself as an important person and the young lady want to ask and then I give my little two cents yes you don't see yourself Uh, yeah you know I do I feel like you know like you said it's really important children of the light really need to speak up and be in the world you know and be an example for everyone else for office be in politics don't let anyone tell you children of God should not be a part of the government. Because they're voting in laws that are going against you. Okay. Yeah, and you know, like, you know, we, I didn't have, you know, the best upbringing, but, you know, we're really determined, you know, to have a really good family and raise really good kids yeah. who are going to be, you know, great people in the world and, you know, have more healthy relationships and show people, you know, God's love. So I think we're very important. You know? Amazing. Do you see yourself as important? The young lady with the green pants, yes. <laughs> um... Yes, uh, I kind of agree with her. The same thing. We want to start a family. We have to start teaching with our own, I think. So and that's what <laughs> made you see yourself as important? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. Yes, ma'am, real fast. You see yourself as important? I I don't think so. You're I, not important? No. Why not? In the sense of... You have a low self-esteem? This is the sense of... No. This is the sense of, like, I don't want to put myself high or down in any way. I want to put myself in the middle and let God work through me. 
And that's what I mean because I feel like people get wrapped up into like when they tell you something bad, you get emotional about it. Or when they tell you something good about yourself, you get all hyped up and also it's bad that you're getting hyped up about, oh, you know, I'm feeling proud because these other people are seeing me like that. Yeah. And then you begin feeling like you're important because you begin believing those thoughts. So in that sense, I do not, I, I try to not see myself as an important person. I try to just let it go, give it to God and so let him. you see yourself that way sometimes? Yeah. You I tend to do it more. Huh? Lately, I haven't done it like okay. at all, but I tend me, to do that. Because of time, let me ask one guy, uh, Esteban. I bet Esteban is himself important. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I guess because... Um, see? <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm important enough for God to try to take me out, you know, of whatever I was in. And for, like, him being patient because I was, like, a difficult person to deal with, especially, like, earlier when I was younger. So I think I am important because he went through the, the hell, I guess, of taking me out. So God went through hell of taking you out. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, maybe not, but <laughs> I guess, he, you know, he, he did it. <laughs> he was patient. <laughs> he did it? He was crazy? He was patient, I said. Oh, you're patient. Yeah. All right. The white shirt, you see yourself as important? Um, well, I believe that um, it's, it's uh, I just leave it to other people, determine whether I'm, I'm important or I influence their life in a way that it's uh, significant. You see yourself as important? Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. I am important because um, people have told me before, you know. People I've, told you that. Yeah, that and I influence that I influence their life in a in a in a positive way, uh, right? So I see it. Oh, That's okay. why I I believe it. All right. I, I see the improvement, you know. All right. How about you? You see yourself in point person. Sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I like. I think you just said it and. I didn't get your name, but she said it too, that if we're meant to be like the voice of truth and the light, then that is important. And if we're genuinely born again, then yeah, we would consider ourselves important. Amazing. Hermes, you see yourself as an important person? I know he's just like Esteban, so yeah. And James is like Jesus. I'm like, James, how you know you're a Christian? I'm like, Jesus. Yes. What was the question? Do you see yourself as an important person? Oh, yeah. Sounds yeah, like. I told you. I know my important people when I see yeah. them. I mean, I yeah. know my flowers, but I know my important people. So, and wh- wh- why, how are you important? How do you well, see I yourself? See my, I know my, you know, in my, my ego sees, uh, you know, thinks it's important, but I know that I'm not. You're not an important person? No. Uh-uh. You're not, you're not, you have a low self-esteem? No. Yeah, I do. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Oh, pray for him. <laughs> so doesn't the Bible say that we are like a bag of, of cow, cow stuff, bag of dawn or something like that? Is that somewhere in the Bible? Huh? Yeah, the Bible, even God doesn't think that much of us, right? It said we are no more than a bag of dawn. Did y'all know that? Yeah. So you ain't worth cow stuff. <laughs> You're about that important, right? Um, what I, the reason I ask this question because I realize that I am nothing. I, I'm not important at all. And people who try to make you feel important, they don't really think that you're important. They're only doing it because they want something from you. And if you fall for it and you start to think that it's true, 
And the moment they cannot get what they want from you, then all of a sudden you're not nothing. You're not so important. But when you really get to know yourself, you're going to see you're not important at all. And no one really thinks that you're important. They only think it if they want something from you. They don't even think that the president is important. They only think that because they want something from him. Either be seen with him or get something from him or be validated by him. But just think about in your life how people treated you once they got what they wanted from you. They don't think the same way from you. Oh, you disagree with them. All of a sudden, you ain't nothing. They were, they were building that ego, like what you guys were talking about, the ego, right? The ego will fall for the lie, and you'll you walk around believing that you're important, but you're not. Even what I do, the people say they love me. I know they don't. They just lie. The moment they disagree with me, or the moment I say something that they don't like or, or disagree with, all of a sudden, just it's not the same. So we're nothing. Of ourselves, we can do nothing, and we are nothing. And there's nothing like living as nothing, not pretending at all. And nor, that's why you must be born again, so you can really see. It frees you up in every way. It kills the ego. And that way, when people stroke you, you treat the stroke just like you do the non-stroking. Someone build you up. When they put you down, no problem. Because it was all a lie, both the same. All right? So in reality, y'all can drop your ego, you're nothing. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a blessing to know. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a person that's judging himself. You judge yourself as good, then you feel good. You judge yourself as bad, now you feel bad. So you're up and down. That's why you got to come out of your mind, out of the darkness. But you're really not that important. And to the women, you're really not important to guys. <laughs> if they did, they would treat you right. They wouldn't try to get sex from you before marriage. If they really thought you were important to them. Once they get to sex, you ain't nothing. They want to turn over and smoke a cigar and go to sleep. And you're like, oh, come and love me, hold me. I don't want to hold you. That wasn't real love. They were just faking it. They made you believe you were important, and you were not because your ego made it happen. But you're not important. And it's okay. It's not a low self-esteem. It's not about self-esteem. People who go up and down in self-esteem, you're judging yourself. You're listening to the lie in your head. It makes you feel up, and then it makes you feel down. It makes you feel up. That's what people do to you. You're not important. I'm not important, and I'm so fine with that. That's good. All right. Last word. All right. Then I'm done. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Just a brief question. Um, like, what about in terms of your job? Like, are you not important? Like, to your boss and stuff? Like, for work? To, no. To like, like you're, to get something. I mean, like, you not that. <laughs> you you are an important tool right. that your boss need to get right. the job done. But right. he doesn't care about you. Right. Yeah. I mean, but it's important that, like, let's say, like, you be prepared for your for your work, right? Like yeah, you should always do your best in all that you do. Right. And with, a, and with the right attitude, absolutely. Right. But don't think that your boss think you're important. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> of course. All right? Yeah. And because people who think that way, it's hard to work with them anyway. Mm-hmm. People who think they're important at work, it's hard to work with them. But those who are there knowing reality and they're there to perform, 
a job. Yeah. They didn't pay to do the job. Yeah. You could get along with them very easily. So another quick question, then. So don't mean to take up more time, but just a quick question and, uh, that has to do with that. Uh, what about in terms of like, like at work, like how do how do you like like let's say lead at work, right? If you have, you know, if you're kind of in a position where you kind of have to <laughs> lead, maybe, like how would you how do you go about that without thinking that you're important, you know? Oh but yeah. Just trying to like. You were you like a supervisor or something? Yeah, or like you're just leading like a a, a work, you know, something that you're doing. Um, uh, like I work in uh, air conditioning, and like if you're trying to install something and you have a helper or whatever, you know, like how do you go about, you know, trying to get the job done fast and everything oh, properly? By being honest with, with that them. person, don't yeah. resent them, but be honest with them. But just don't hold anything against them, and right. you you be an example of what they should be become. Right. And just be honest with them. Okay. Yeah. And then I have one last question. Too. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, what about like in terms of like, like with your when when you're with like when your boss comes in and you feel like he's you know judging your work or something like that, and um, you feel like they're being you know passive aggressive with you, like how do you address that with them? And like let's say you know maybe there are some merit to them being you know aggressive to you and maybe in in some type of way like you do need to improve on some things. How do you deal? How would how would you deal with your your boss in in Be situations happy about like that? It. Have the same attitude that you would have if your boss came in and tell and told you you are wonderful, yeah. you're an amazing worker. I love the way you fish the toilet, whatever you do, right? Yeah. And so if you come in the next day and he's like, oh, you did a crappy job on that toilet, you need to do this. You have the same attitude that you had when he was praising you. Okay. All right, because right. they both are imposters anyway. Mm -hmm. So that way you don't go up and down. Right. But just always do your best and appreciate the criticism because you may learn something about yourself that you didn't realize, had not realized yet. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. Don't take anything personal. Okay. And then you you fly like a bird. Okay, gotcha. All right. My brand new biblical question. Anybody disagree with that about you really nothing? You disagree? Oh, man, you think you're something? Yeah. What are you? Me? Uh -huh. Oh, I'm a tool of God. You're a tool of God? Yeah. And you think that? He, he can do what he does with anybody. You think that makes you important? It makes me important that I'm good. You are good? Yeah. Man, make sure you come back next Sunday. <laughs> we just don't have time to get into that. I'm so sorry. I'm, but, I'm, but, not, I'm not important in the world. But I'm not you, important to other people. And you think you're important to God? I think God likes using me, yeah. Okay. But you don't think that you are important to Nobody's other people and to think yourself. I'm important. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. All right. But we'll talk about the God thing too. All right. Because God will let your hair get cut off. Remember that guy, Paul? Didn't Paul get killed? Yeah. Wasn't he killed? Huh? Sooner to his side. Yeah. Bring me back to him. Amazing. So listen, a brand new biblical question. And I got this question from uh, a, uh, a young man that I would counsel with. He lived in, I think he lives in uh, New Orleans. So he uh, texted me one day and he said, Jesse, if I am born in America and I am not white, am I a minority? Isn't that an amazing question? If I'm born in America and I'm not white, am I a minority? Oh, that's a nice biblical question. Why y'all looking at me like that? <laughs> Is that a good question or no? Yeah, but we want to go.
If you want to go, they bet the guy with the hat on. So thank you all for tuning in, but that's my new biblical question, all right? If I'm born in America and I'm not white, am I a minority? Such a good question. And don't forget to donate to Bond. Go to rebuildingaman.com. We have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. If you need counseling, we're taking them in-house now as well as phone and Skype or FaceTime. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you all. I appreciate it. That was a long one, but hopefully it was worth it. <laughs>